You're listening to Love and War with David Harwood. This is a weekly podcast where David offers spiritual insights that are aimed to enhance your relationship with God, yourself, and others. If you are edified by what you hear, please recommend this podcast to people you love. Now, here's David. This is our 14th podcast on this. This is our 14th post. In fact, this is also the conclusion of a second cycle of seven posts. Today I want to present a review of a few thoughts from the prior six entries, the prior six podcasts, and then offer some new material. Uh, I may cite some scriptures at the end, not actually read them out. Perhaps I'll share them at the end of this podcast. We'll see. Meanwhile, let's review. A brief review. Where have we been over the previous six podcasts? Well, we emphasized Ephesians 4 verses 29 to 30a as a template upon which we based this exhortation. Do not allow any rotten inner conversation proceed from your heart about yourself to yourself. Instead, concentrate upon what is wholesome and strategically strengthen your soul according to your immediate need. Make it your ambition to please God with your meditations and impart grace to your inner being. And don't make God sad all bitterness and rage and wrath and clamor and abusive speech towards yourself must be removed from you. What we say to others, that which we think and speak about others, can please or grieve God. The same is true about how we view and speak about ourselves. We have an opportunity to construct an inner narrative which blesses God. This will help us relate to him, ourselves, and others. Incidentally, this will be good for us. God is pleased when our meditations and words about ourselves are loving. He does not want us to treat our inner being in a way he forbids when we interact with others. We must guard our hearts. We must guard our hearts because the entirety of our souls can become diseased if we put up with spiritually compromised strongholds comprised of rotten inner narratives. We are called to be merciful people. Should we show mercy to others and not to ourselves? God wants us to be considerate, gentle, and peaceable in our hearts towards our own souls. That will give his presence pleasure. The Spirit of God is affected by what we say and how we say it. He cares about our motives. He fills us with the fruit which comes from him, his character and personality. Here are two questions. Is there a standard of holiness for how we speak to others? Does the living God care about what we say regarding them? Well, here are two clear answers, yes and yes. This applies to how we speak about ourselves in our souls. The goals God has for any corporate expression of the Messiah's life holds true for our inner being's manifestation of Jesus' life. A grace-imparting, 
inner narrative will delight the Messiah who is present in your inner being. Through the Spirit's enabling favor, we can relate to ourselves in a way that pleases our Creator. The fruit of the Spirit is not just for the corporate life of a congregation. They are also imparted that we might interact with our souls. A good word that would edify you and give grace to your soul would be a thought that imparts confidence in God's favor. This reality can be righteously embraced. It is true and honors the Redeemer who gave himself to bring you into a state of favor. Here is an example of an exercise that puts this principle into practice. Speak to your own soul as if you were addressing a friend. For instance, I would say to myself, David, God is for you, David. This is a very simple, and some might say it's a, almost a foolish exercise, but get used to talking to yourself and speak to your own soul as if you were addressing a friend. Through a sanctified inner narrative, we have an opportunity to bless the Holy One who is enthroned within and is devoted to us. The same courtesy we would show a friend, the same forbearance we would offer an adversary is the same kindness we should offer ourselves in his presence. Forgive yourself like you would forgive others, and please remove every obstacle that hinders your relationship with God. Moving on to today's encouragement. We're speaking about a whole new way in the inner being. Some motives are great, some motives are not so good. It takes the Holy Spirit's intervention to have a true sense of conviction. Otherwise, we are left to our conscience's devices. The human conscience is frail and unreliable. Sometimes we excuse what we ought to censor and condemn when we should release. We all have secrets, thoughts that only we know. We have hidden motives. We have self-evaluations that are hidden. God is aware of them, and we should be aware that he is focused upon that which affects him. Peter wrote of, in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 4, the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable quality of a gentle and quiet spirit which is precious in the sight of God. The word hidden is a good translation of krupto. So also is secret. For example, A, our Father is in secret, and B, sees what is done in secret. C, our giving is to be done in secret, and Father takes notice. It's all the same word. It has to do with that which is hidden, that which is secret, the hidden person of the heart. God also experiences what we think in secret. There is a hidden person of the heart, 1 Peter 3, verse 4. Our Father sees and hears what goes on there, and you can give your Father pleasure through your secret words and meditations. God can guide us in these matters through His Spirit interacting with us through the Scriptures and our intuitive, Spirit-bequeathed relationship with the living God. In fact, we need the Holy Spirit's communication about what is pleasing to Him and what grieves Him. Our motives count. 
Father weighs the motivations of our hearts. He ponders and evaluates each one. The Lord examines the heart of each person. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 4b states, We speak not as pleasing men, but God who examines our hearts. The Lord examines the heart of each person and may make decisions about individuals' destinies based upon the state of their hearts. One thing he experiences when he examines our hearts is the way we speak of ourselves to ourselves. A premise of these recordings is that our inner narrative is an aspect of the content of our heart's meditations. That narrative has potential to give him joy. I've reiterated that I find Psalm 19 verse 14 to be helpful in clarifying this reality. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. I have become convinced that we are to dedicate our secret inner narratives to God in the same way we are commanded to dedicate our bodies to holy action. If we begin to do this, it will make a difference. For me, this has provided a whole new way of approaching the way I speak within myself, about myself, towards myself. Your inner narrative can delight God. In addition, you can know that the meditations of your heart about yourself give God's presence pleasure. Here's an example of an inner narrative that is scripture-based and helpful. Let's briefly examine the role of our unfeigned faith in giving God's presence pleasure. It is written that Enoch, Hebrews 11 verse 5, obtained the witness that before his being taken up he was pleasing to God. Likewise, your foundational trust in God pleases the God you trust. Is that part of your inner narrative? It can be. It is written, Hebrews 11, 6a, and without faith it is impossible to please him. Without faith we can't please him. With faith we do please him. Can you look at yourself and appreciate that your faith is something about you that is precious to God? What about weak faith? Weak, genuine faith is effectual. It affects the environment and it pleases God. Matthew 17 verse 20b, the Lord said, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible to you. We may have a tendency to bemoan our small faith. We may lament, when, oh when, shall I even have faith the size of a mustard seed? Well, here's some good news. Jesus did not share this truth to discourage us. True faith is not just out of reach. In fact, the faith you already have is precious to God. In particular, the saving faith you maintain gives him pleasure. Your faith in God is valued by him in the same way people value gold, especially faith that is tested by fire. I'm reading 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 7. So that the proof of your faith, being more precious than gold, which is perishable, 
even though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus the Messiah. If you boil it down and find that your refined faith is genuine, then recognize in the presence of God that your faith pleases your Father. Your foundational faith in God is something you possess that gives God pleasure. Is this part of your inner narrative? It can be, so make it so. We are called to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. This extends to our inner narrative. We can think of ourselves in a way that is worthy of our Creator and pleases Him. Oh, for a gentle and quiet spirit. Abba, let the words I speak and my heart's deepest thoughts give your presence pleasure. Throughout this meditation, I have not quoted scriptures, but I'm going to cite the ones that I was working with. So I'll be reading from the Bible right now. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 29 through 32. No rotten word must proceed from your mouth, but only something good for the building up of the need, in order that it may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. All bitterness and rage and wrath and clamor and abusive speech must be removed from you, together with all wickedness. Become kind toward one another, compassionate, forgiving one another, just as also God in the Messiah has forgiven you. Proverbs 4, verse 23. Watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flow the springs of life. Matthew 5, verse 7. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Romans 2, 15 through 16. In that they show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience bearing witness, and their thoughts alternately accusing or else defending them on the day when, according to my gospel, God will judge the secrets of men through the Messiah Jesus. Matthew 6, verses 4 through 6. So that your giving will be done in secret, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. When you pray, you are not to be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on the street corners so that they may be seen by men. Truly, I say to you, they have their reward in full. But you, when you pray, go into your inner room, close your door, and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 5 Therefore, do not go on passing judgment before the time, but wait until the Lord comes, who will both bring to light the things hidden in the darkness and disclose the motives of men's hearts, and then each man's praise will come to him from God. Proverbs 16, verse 2 All the ways of a man are clean in his own sight, but the Lord weighs the motives. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 4b We speak not as pleasing men, but God who examines our hearts. 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7 
But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look at his appearance or at the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For God sees not as man sees, for man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Romans chapter 6 verse 13 And do not go on presenting the members of your body to sin as instruments of unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. Romans 12 verse 1 Therefore I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. Love and War is written and presented by David Harwood. Editing is by David and Sammy Avino, who is also the producer and technical advisor for the podcast. David is the pastor of Restoration Fellowship in Glencove, New York, and the author of the books God's True Love and For the Sake of the Fathers. To purchase copies of David's books, please go to loveofgodproject.org. The theme song for this podcast is Skirmish, from the album Combustion, which was written and performed by Leonard Jones. Additional episodes of Love and War can be downloaded on the Podbean app or through iTunes. For more information on Love and War, Restoration Fellowship, God's True Love, or For the Sake of the Fathers, visit us on restorationfellowshipny.com, loveofgodproject.org, book.forthesakeofthefathers.com, or you can follow us on Facebook at Restoration Fellowship NY, Love of God Project, Love and War DH, and For the Sake of the Fathers. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to email David at loveandwar underscore dh at yahoo.com. As always, please remember to share Love and War and support us by leaving a positive review on iTunes and Podbean.